If you've got some imaginary friends, but two just aren't enough, and you love talking current events a week or so after the real stuff, call 802-432-8285. That's 802-432-8285. Talk to the little red bandwagon and sign up for the archive. Yeah. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me on this beautiful Sunday morning from New Brighton, Minnesota, is Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. And in Dallas, Texas, Meredith Mahan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. And it's just us today because everybody else has other stuff going on in their lives. Uh, you may have heard, uh, you probably heard, Christy and Jeremy got married on Friday and are off on a little honeymoon at the moment. So they're unavailable to us this weekend. Uh, and Mike, uh, this is open house weekend in uh, Austin, Texas. If you're looking to buy a house in Austin, and you want to do a solid for one of your favorite Little Red Bandwagon hosts, go to Mike's Facebook page, where I'm pretty sure the link has been posted for their real estate listing, and take a look. If it's not sold yet by Monday morning, definitely put in an offer. Meredith, why don't you move from Dallas to Austin? I'd love to. See, there we go. This solves a problem for everyone. Uh, we're going to do some uh, LRB business, followed by your week in review, including your clip of the week, some housekeeping, and how to get involved, as always. Starting with LRB business, uh, did you guys watch the video of Christy and Jeremy's uh, vows yet? No. no. Oh, it's posted on at least one of their Facebook pages. Uh, one of the dads, I believe, shot it, and it was edited with some pretty adorable music. It actually sounds not unlike a real estate listing video, <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's really cute. Jeremy wrote some some real intense. And a little bit funny uh, vows. Everyone should go invade their privacy and go watch them. If I can find the link, I'll post it to the Facebook page. And uh, Christy, for her turn, uh, built the bulk of her vows on lyrics from TV theme songs. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. I think Christy mentioned after the fact that if she had realized Jeremy was going to be so serious, she would have taken it a little more seriously. <laughs> Uh, but it was pretty adorable. And Jeremy held Ellie next to him with one arm through the whole ceremony. And she just kind of stood there holding the rings and staring off into the distance. It was <laughs> cute. <laughs> uh, more on LRB wedding uh, to follow. Of course, this was just the ceremony. Only a few people were there, which is why we're not offended. We weren't invited. Only a little offended. Mostly. We weren't invited. Yeah. Uh, but the real party is yet to come. Uh, more business from us, though. Anne, how's Operation Anne Has Friends going? Operation Anne Has Friends is just going excellently. 
I can't believe it. Um, so for the current numbers, as I'm sure we all recall, I started out at 98 friends strong. And as of this morning, I have 149 friends, wow. which is a 52.04% wow. increase <laughs> over the time period. In the last week, I have gone from 127 to 149, which is a 17.32% increase. Although I will say that one of those was a IRL friend and one of them was a friend of Stubots who I can't see has any connection to TBTL at all. So I any friend of the Stubots is a friend of mine, I guess. So I accepted him. But I this, assumed that Minnesotans just stick together. I, I guess so. I mean, we're it's for warmth. But <laughs> the thing that's really interesting me now, that's worrying me, if you will, is that when I look at my list of possible friends, right at the top with 43 mutual friends is Andrew Walsh. And I'm looking at him like, wait a minute, you guys all went and just friended Andrew? You can do that? You yes. didn't friend Andrew? No. Why right. haven't you friended Andrew Walsh? You should friend him right now. Because I'm scared and I don't know why. <laughs> Andrew's super friendly and also I think has evolved since he started with TBTL to really use his Facebook page. He understands that it's sort of an open door policy with tens. I think you should friend him. Yeah. I did it a long time ago. What's he going to do? Reject me. You know, Andrew is more afraid of you than you are of him. That's true. That's He's true. like a wild animal, mm -hmm. a really, really mild mannered wild animal. <laughs> Well, maybe that'll be my project for this week is to see if I can, I can uh, force myself to, uh, to um, click one button. Yes, to click one button and, and risk rejection from Andrew. I think you should roll the dice on it. I think yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah. It's not like um, Sean DeTori, who, when I tried to friend him years ago, sent me a message back being like, oh, hey, you must be a fan. This is my personal page. Why don't you go like the mixtape on Facebook? Ouch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, we had never met. So I guess, you know, I didn't feel special in that moment, but it wasn't completely uncalled for. See, maybe that's uh, the anyway. thing. I don't want to friend somebody who doesn't know I exist. And but he, he knows, knows you're a 10. Well, I mean, technically I've met him, but, you know. Do you know how many people of those mutual friends have never met him in person? Me. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That never stopped me. <laughs> I don't know Carrie Burbank either, but we're Facebook friends. Oh, my God. There Let's you go. climb that mountain later. <laughs> uh, this is going in the wrong direction because the whole point is that people are supposed to be sending you yeah. friend requests. I feel like this should be like a like a PBS pledge drive. Like well, uh, listeners. Some, yeah. Sometimes you got to give some to get some. You get on that. Okay. Uh, listeners, you know that that you come to Little Red Bandwagon twice a week for free to enjoy some of your favorite content of your week. All we're asking for you to do right now is to take a minute out of your busy day, call one of our representatives and friend Anne on Facebook. Do it now before you forget. If you're That's driving, right. pull over to the side of the road. And today... One day only, we'll get a matching grant from other friends on Facebook. For every time you friend Anne, I'll go make somebody else friend Anne. Wow. 
So make your make your friend request while it matters the most today. Uh, and do you have a special URL on Facebook for your? It's just I don't know. Like, is it just facebook.com slash and Lundholm? I assume I've never so. gotten into it this far. I've never uh, and dot and dot Lundholm dot three. Apparently, two <laughs> and Lundholms beat you. You can make your own custom URL. So I did that ages ago, and mine's facebook.com slash Megadith. I snagged that one early on. We should make it facebook.com slash friend Anne. (laughs) We'll see. I'll look into it. All right. Uh, That was a bigger tangent than I expected. But uh, if we don't have any more LRB business, um, Meredith, is there anything going on in your world we should know about? It's been very mellow lately. Um, I had a very lovely visit with my sister and her husband at their two kids. Uh, and that really occupied most of my time. And I haven't been on the Stens page, so I have no idea what's going on there. Um, it's just been kind of nuts with a puppy and two little kids and, and two adults, extra adults running around the house. So as you know, last week I was recording from my car in the garage. Uh, I'm back into the, the locked up office, which is nice. Um, our internet is faster than ever which is great. And the puppy's now uh, learning to wrestle with the older dog. So she's keeping him occupied right now. They're just tussling in the other room. So I'm happy about that. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a little less, uh, we're less worried about you when you podcast from the office than the car with the extension cord running in the window. <laughs> you know, I chose that car because it has a plug in it, but it wasn't enough to power my laptop. <laughs> so it kind of was defeated the purpose of that. Uh, here, I'll give you a 10-second update on what's going on on the Stens page right now. Okay. There's a lot of posts about cat ownership etiquette. Uh, there's a picture of a building that apparently used to sell waterbeds. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, picture. <laughs> uh, Marcy made a delicious-looking Blue Apron meal that looks better than the picture from Blue mm. Apron. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody posted that clickbaity article about why people walking behind you hate you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Taylor uh, accidentally left for work wearing his scrubby I'm working in the garden pants instead of his nice khakis. And he feels like that was a Luke-esque move. Uh, discussion about whether or not Portland is a bay city because it's more of a river city. My point is you haven't missed much. Oh, and fucking magnets, how do they work? An amazing video somebody posted about hacks, life hacks for magnets. Uh, because juggalo things are always... Uh, yeah. I said yeah. juggalo, I meant juggalo. It just keeps coming on around. <laughs> uh, but that let's go to our weekend review, guys. Starting with Monday 2090, all this noid. Uh Luke begins the episode by talking about becoming that neighbor by going outside and raking Rudy while in his bathrobe. His yellow bathrobe. (laughs) He's really taken to suburbia quite nicely since moving to, well, I mean, I guess he was doing the same thing in Port Townsend, but he's reached a new level now that they're really settling in up on Alabama Hill. I I identify with this as the owner of a new puppy because the second he wakes up, he has to go outside immediately. There's no time to get dressed <laughs> or do anything. So I'm usually outside there in my pajamas. If I have a robe on, I count that as a success. It's usually just my pajamas. So he's not in a rush, though. This is to brush the dog. Right, exactly. This is a maintenance thing. This yeah. is not an urgent thing. 
Uh, he's also admitted recently between the show and spots for Ronin.com or whatever that he basically <laughs> just lives in active loungewear when he's home now. And I'm, that's not a fault. Um, you know, you do you, especially when you're at home. But uh, uh, just think what the teenage kid trying to sneak out next door thinks when he's running across the roof and sees a man <laughs> raking his dog. Uh, we also get Andrew uh, saying, I'm Andrew Walsh and I'm a podcaster. I missed the AA-esque context for that. Same. Yeah. Somebody put it on a t-shirt, though, I think, on the Stens page earlier this week. So That was quick. That was quick. Uh, here's the Cats update from Monday. Uh, at this time, Theo, Theodore Murray, was still on the lam. Uh, Professor, Professor Bananas was spotted hiding under a shed and spent many, many hours under the shed, and they couldn't really come up with a way to flush the cat out. I feel like if it was Cupcake, we'd just shake a treat bag at that point if we'd get it right out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, this whole week is full of Andrew interacting with his neighbors, and I guess one of his neighbors is a beekeeper and was wearing his beekeeper getup. That is fascinating. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to live next to a beekeeper. I'm too scared of bees. But on the upside, honey. Like, I imagine you get yeah. free honey if you have a neighbor who's a beekeeper. My dad is a beekeeper. I mean, just as a hobbyist. Um, he's got a cottage about an hour north of Grand Rapids and, on a little tiny lake. And he's got a whole set of bees. And he, I, I don't think he wears any special clothing, though. Does he's, he get He stung? prides himself. No, he prides himself at being a bee whisperer. So. Mm. I think he might wear a hood sometimes, but when he's moving them, but that's it. I can't tell if he's, if this is like beekeeper hubris. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> like, I don't need a beekeeper outfit. I just, you're going to find him one day and he's just going to be, they're going to revolt. They're all waiting. They're behaving yeah. now, but that's because <laughs> they're planning a counterattack. Yep. Well, he still ships me very nice local honey from his bees every once in a while. So I'm not going to complain. Okay. That's pretty great. See yep. honey and mm -hmm. it would be okay to have a beekeeper neighbor. Andrew's going to be rolling in free honey soon. You make it, you make friends with that neighbor. That's right. <laughs> I remain skeptical. Uh, later in the week, Andrew mentions that one of his neighbors is a, is a related to a 10. I think the uncle of a 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that's the beekeeper. If that 10 is a Little Red Bandwagon listener, I don't want to creep too much on exactly where Andrew lives, but I do want to know if your <laughs> uncle is a beekeeper. So please let us know. Um, we break down a mean tweet from a crazy cat lady on Twitter <sighs> while oh, Andrew was expressing his distress about Theo and she, and she just tweeted, keep your cats inside. Because obviously he wasn't trying to do that already. What a monster. I, I'm a crazy cat lady and I feel strongly about keeping cats inside, but I would never say such a thing to someone who's sad and upset that their cat is lost. Obviously he knows <laughs> that those <laughs> cats shouldn't be outside. They're indoor cats. It's a, it's a mistake. Mistakes are made sometimes. My cats get out every once in a while. It happens. It happens. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how she could read that and not realize that or or somehow think that that was still the appropriate tweet i wanted to go bitch this woman out on twitter and i went and found the tweet exchange um 
And then I noticed, I just instead liked and retweeted Andrew's sick burn on her. Yeah. And I noticed that Lynn Pham had already helped take her to task. And so I just stepped back and let it happen. Good. <laughs> so thanks, Lynn, for stepping up fast. Um, this is a classic lesson, though. Like, don't fuck with Andrew and Luke because the tens will swarm on you, not unlike yeah. Kevin the beekeepers. Right. Bees. Um, there's a good bit of mortality talk uh, about Theo. I don't know if I want to get into it too much because I think we're all really happy to find out later in the week, spoiler alert, that Theo comes home. Wait, what? <laughs> For the people who listen to our show but not TBTL, Theo is okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just don't... I think I just did what happens on TBTL all the time, which is that we don't need to talk about it and I'm going to talk about it, but... <laughs> I don't know if I agree about cats just riding a motorcycle into the sunset is the oh, right I way. I do not agree. I don't agree. I think Andrew, I, I think Luke was trying to make Andrew feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, when my cats get outside, they're terrified. I, indoor cats don't like to necessarily be outside. And I think it would be probably a scary way to go for them. Right. And probably painful. Like it's never going to be. <laughs> it's not that I don't think that's a great ending. I think it's better for them to die in their sleep or, you know, be humanely let go by the vet. Right. Um, I would be, you know, to just selfishly, I would be worried for months, years. I don't know. Like there's no closure that way. It's yeah. nice to think that the cat's off playing with all, all their little cat friends. <laughs> I have, I've had, I've been in this scenario, which is why I'm so passionate about keeping mine inside now, because when I was younger, I thought it was mean to keep them inside. Um, my parents always had cats and they let them roam around and, uh, you know, they had shortened lifespans and they would get injured. And when I was a teenager, we had a cat who, who would go outside, but one day he just didn't come back. And I still think about that cat and I still wonder if he was picked up by somebody else or if he was eaten by a bear or you know i just i don't know and i hate that yeah i talked last week about uh cupcake getting out from the old apartment and you know we adopted cupcake when she was already like five years old and she one of her ears is a little damaged like she clearly went through uh there are some places that uh when they spay or neuter a cat they'll snip one of the ears just a little bit right let you know that that was done, but this looks a little more rough than that. So we're not sure exactly what the backstory is, but basically Cupcake must have gotten out. Like she was clearly domesticated at some point and got away. Like she must have been someone's cat mm -hmm. at some point. And uh, when she disappeared, we did have that thought of, well, she'll probably show up in a shelter somewhere eventually and she'll become someone else's cat. And this is just her M.O., Right. Is that she bounces every few years. But uh, that was totally just me trying to not think the worst. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on to happier things. I actually want to mention the Blue Apron spot because this actually came up on the Stens page too. There's something about cheeseburgers on English muffins. I have never thought to try that before. I don't know well, if I like that idea. I don't understand what would make it so much better. I mean, I'm willing to learn. <laughs> oh, I think the idea is that Hamburger buns are too much bread. Right. But it's the same amount of bread. The English muffin it's is just, just compressed. Right. It's denser. And the thing I don't like about it is that it's too chewy to be a hamburger bun. That's true. 
Although here, um, a popular way to, to prepare English muffins, as it were, is not to embrace the uh, nooks and crannies with a fork split like they tell you on TV. Mm-hmm. Here in diners, they actually just slice them and then griddle them like a hard roll because I'm an old man and I order griddled hard rolls with my breakfast. <laughs> and so you get that crispy, crunchy inside crust. Now, if you did that on a cheeseburger, I'd eat it. But if you did that on anything, I'd eat it. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your top story for Monday uh, is not Luke dropping in on the Mariners game audio. But it's actually yep. terrible vocal. Tr- yeah, baseball season's back. I'm excited. Terrible vocal tracks from the, uh, the iHeartRadio Festival. Uh, we hear tracks from The weekend. Uh Hip hop's Latin Elmer Fudd Pitbull, <laughs> uh, Kenny Chesney, and uh, I think there's some others in there. But I'm never really excited about these vocal tracks. But Anne, I see you have a note about Pitbull's lyrics. Well, they're just they're nonsensical. I mean, can we call them lyrics? They're just vocalizations. Well, they are words mostly. You don't I guess. Well, baby is a word. <laughs> Over and over again. <laughs> baby, 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 he says something about. Oh, man. Fireball. Yeah. Roof on fire. Yeah. I think that's about it. He's getting paid by the word. So the more he repeats it. See, now I, my, you know, pro- I, my problem now is that I go to a lot of group fitness classes at the gym. And there is not one single group fitness class that doesn't have at least one pit bull track in it. There's one that I've been to that has four pitball tracks and now i'm just hearing these stupid lyrics the whole time uh the pitball song give me everything opens with two mentions of kodak and being from rochester new york the home of kodak when that song came out there was like news stories about pitbull dropping kodak into the opening of his newest song woof not much going on? No. <laughs> no, there isn't. Uh, yeah, I'm not much for these. The the I think the worst part about this segment was just that the whole point is to listen to how bad they are as musical performance, but they weren't that bad. Like, Yeah, that was my thought. There was nothing as entertaining as the isolate, isolated, what was it? Smash Mouth guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. They were all kind of like, eh, and you could hear the music and you could hear it was right. Yeah, it just I sounded actually, like audio of a concert. I thought the weekend was actually pretty talented. He was really in tune and he seems mm-hmm. like he had some training and I thought he was good. The Jonas brother was unfortunate. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we grew up in, I grew up in an era of, you know, computerized boy bands. So that sounded exactly like what I would have expected it to sound right. like. Right. Uh, yeah, but the weekend is so good he doesn't have time for that extra e. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like that uh, the notion of country music magnetic poetry. Like you can just plug yes. and play about a dozen words from the country music vocabulary and create a new country music song. Yeah. I just picture uh, pickup truck, beer, country music as a noun. Uh, dog. Dog. Uh, girl girl Mm -hmm. divorce at least it used to be there was a lot of songs about uh god oh yeah yeah tractor guns (laughs) america glory (laughs) 
<laughs> we got to stop. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we should make that set and sell it because I think we could really be onto something. Uh, we get an email. It's an other person's problem. Uh, we have someone who lives in a Brooklyn brownstone and they have a neighbor who has super creaky hardwood floors to the point where they have considered paying to have their neighbor's floors replaced to the tune of $2,000. This is, uh, it's so loud they can hear it next door. Was I understanding that right? Because it wasn't upstairs. It's not upstairs, downstairs. It's next door. That's crazy. And they said they can't sleep. Yeah. Wow. I lived in old houses my whole life and they are creaky, but I've never experienced to where it's usually from the floor above that is bothersome. Right. And we've addressed that before on this show and on TVTL pretty extensively. Yeah. Um, we, I, they said they had their floors replaced for the same reason. So like they've been through this. I just can't imagine. So they own the apartment. Yeah. Is there not a con like a building association or something? Because they're not the only two units in the building. So I'm yeah. guessing there's some shared maintenance, which means there's probably some sort of board or something. I mean, not that you want to tell your neighbors to go to hell and like file a complaint, but $2,000 so that somebody else can fix their floors sounds crazy to me. Yeah. I would buy them a $100 carpet, maybe. Right. <laughs> um. I can't remember the context for the baby names. Oh, I I don't know. They were just speculating about because the the creaky couple had a baby and somebody was just so saying Luke was that, trying to yeah say that the baby's name was either Atticus if it was a boy or Polly if it was a girl. <laughs> well, it is. They were coming up with Brooklyn hipster baby yes. names, right? I don't know about Polly. I'll take Atticus as a hipster baby name. Atticus is definitely a hipster baby name. Mm-hmm. Um. I did have some actual advice here. I mean, I couldn't imagine paying for this, but something I've done a couple of times before, if I'm doing something for someone who maybe is short on money or it's a little bit awkward to be like paying for something, I'll usually just fake a a hookup. Like I usually can weasel my way into things. I'm pretty good about that kind of stuff. And so if I have to pick up the hotel room for a trip, I might say, oh, I had points or I had miles or I had a voucher that was going to expire or I know a guy, you know. Oh, that kind of hookup. Oh. Sorry, I was not getting your meaning. No, I, I mean it purely sexually. I mean, I'll just <laughs> pay for the wood floor with my body. Right. Um, <laughs> no, like I feel like if you're like, oh, I have an inside edge and I'm going to share it with you because you're a friend. That's a lot. Yeah, less... that sounds like a really delicate way to nudge them, right? In that direction, like, hey, the guy who did our floors said he could he could do it for you know we're old friends or I got a guy basically. Right. Let me take care of it and we can figure it out because I can get it for you for a steal. Um, then you just have to live with that lie forever, but it's still less awkward than giving someone a bunch of money. Yes. True. <laughs> On to. Uh, Tuesday 2091 passive digression um, Luke is feeling a little shame for being the son of a sign painter at the start Aww. of this episode that's sad and we yeah it's a grind of a job that's a yeah. that's a solid blue collar yeah. job I wouldn't hurt on but that but he's he's always expressed some shame in the you know being the son of a blue collar yes, right he definitely and, has class issues yeah well yeah 
I don't know. We're going to work through those today. <laughs> More on that later because he's got a new therapist. Um, Andrew's excited to be back in Seattle because he finally gets to go back to his old dentist. I agree. Finding good medical professionals is difficult. I still yeah. need a new PCP and I've been putting it off forever. Two years without a dentist? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. That's a priority. I mean, when I moved here, I, I shopped around a little bit, but that's also a really awful time-consuming process. Um, but I was lucky to find people that I liked nearby, and I am sticking with them forever. Yeah, that's a hard thing to find. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty indifferent to my situation. I know Sam Sam was going to a dentist near her office that put her on like an 18-step regimen for something that was completely unnecessarily involved. And she finally just told this woman off and went to another dentist. And I'm so happy for her because I know she likes to do one a lot more. It's a hard thing to come to terms with. Like when you're not a medical expert, but you have to second guess the person who's supposed to be the expert. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was getting a yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I've got jaw issues, which are notoriously difficult to diagnose and treat. And, uh, I've been through the ringer with various quacks and I have a pretty low tolerance for quackery. Um, but I've been suckered in by it a few times. Yeah. I thought it was funny that Luke asked Andrew to find him a dentist because they have the same insurance. <laughs> I was, uh, not surprised by that. No, not at all. That, that strikes me as something that would land firmly in Carrie's portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, onto therapy. Luke mentions, actually, no, before we go to therapy, a note, uh, a listener mentioned, I guess on the Facebook page or somewhere that he discovered the episode from way back when in the radio days, when the acapella groups came in and sang for TBTL, uh -huh. the acapella intro that TBTL has been using for many a year now is one little snippet from that show. And Andrew has decided to start mixing it up and has been working the other groups singing different variations of tbtl to the beginning of the show when he did that on tuesday i was i i was astounded not not like it was negative it's not it's fine but it's been so long and then just a sudden change uh -huh. it threw me off my game yeah me too i thought it was like a bizarro universe tbtl for a minute <laughs> so that's what's happening there if you missed that note uh andrew's just got too much time on his hands uh, Luke seeing a new therapist who he's desperately hoping to impress, which is the first mistake. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, I listened to uh, Paul F. Tompkins, of course, has a podcast called Spontaneous Nation, and I'm a little bit behind on it. But he was talking about the same exact thing on his show um, a few weeks ago where he wants to be the most interesting patient. You know, like the, the therapist is having a grind of a day, but at least they get to talk to their buddy Paul today. And I imagine that's exactly how Andrew feels or uh, how Luke feels. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've never been to therapy. I've thought about it. Um, I do like to hear myself talk, but that's why I do the podcast instead. That's <laughs> why I don't mind editing the podcast. Uh, but it just, you know, I feel like it's not working if you're trying to game it. I don't know. Uh, and it sounds like something to talk to your therapist about. Yes. That's getting really meta. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, now we get some Andrew childhood stuff. Uh, Andrew talks about going to therapy when his parents were getting divorced 
as sort of a, it sounded like a court ordered thing. The therapist yeah. was supposed to help understand Andrew and decide what parent he should live with. And Andrew tells us something I don't think he's ever mentioned before, which is that the therapist based on meeting with Andrew apparently told his parents that he would grow up to beat his wife. Mm. And now it all makes sense why he doesn't seem to be very open to trying therapy. It all makes sense why Genevieve hasn't minded being just a girlfriend for 15 years. Right? (sighs) Yeah. Not to make a domestic violence joke. It's not funny, but that is a little funny. Um, I think I can't think of anyone less likely to beat a woman, mm-hmm. right? The guy has a, this is what a feminist looks like t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's overcompensating. I think it, it was Luke. Somebody posted this in the Facebook page too. Luke said that she showed you a butterfly from a Rorschach test and you said, bitch <laughs> had it coming. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he also tells the story of being a kid and everybody gathered around a, a woolly bear caterpillar and he just smashed it. We've heard that story before and I cringe through the whole thing. I don't like, I can't stand listening to animals getting hurt, even if it's a story I've heard before. And even if it's only a little caterpillar. Yeah. I think as the guy on today's show though, I'll say, I, I think almost every guy at some point has done something dumb like that. And I think it's just the impulse of the moment. Like it's not, it's not sociopathic. It's not like he was killing neighborhood pets or something terrible like that, that they say is a big indicator. Like he just, I don't know. Once in a while as a kid, you just, I, I always say kids are little balls of confused, overflowing emotion. Like you just have these impulses and you do things until you learn what to do and what not to do. I did things like that too when I was really little, especially because I was usually under the guidance of my older brother. Right. So he got me to eat a worm one time and wow. taught me how to burn burn ants with a magnifying glass. You know. And you survived. Just a worm little taste. kid stuff like that. Uh, like dirt. He told me it was chocolate. Oh. <laughs> I was real dumb. I was like two. Brother's a bastard. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Uh, not under other people's children. Andrew mentions that. Uh, he was out and he watched a kid fall and totally caught the kid waiting for, I think his, I think it was a boy, his parents reaction before he should cry or not for attention. And he called it. I've totally seen kids do this all the time. Oh God. Yes. Kids are smart and they're manipulative and they're also little jerks. Mm -hmm. I see it a lot uh, working in retail. You can tell when the kid in the stroller just is done with this experience and they start to cry. And you're like, that's so fake. You're just faking this. So your mom will take you out of here. I do that at the mall to make (laughs) Sam take me home. Oh, is that why Duff is always crying when we go shopping? (laughs) Oh, my God. Somebody posted this the other day, maybe longer, to Facebook. It's just a photo gallery of sad-looking men holding purses in department stores. (laughs) It's like, that's what those chairs are for in every story you've ever been in. Sam does not make me do that very often. But even when I have to go shopping, I hit that wall and then I'm so tired, I I just freeze. I definitely am sitting in the food court for 20 minutes, you know, contemplating my life. And then I just leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that Luke wraps all this conversation back around to dentist talk. 
with a power out by just saying, so the dentist said I had herpes and then <laughs> cut. Because <laughs> we've heard that story like 40 times. We all knew the end of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we get a listener email in the middle of the show. Uh, it's listener Kelly, and she's writing in to share an acapella video from the band Slaughter. Uh, which leads into a really deep slaughter dive. Yes. And you seem less surprised that Slaughter's Wikipedia page is up to date. Oh, yeah. Luke was just beside himself, like, who's updating their Wikipedia page? I'm like, well, probably Mark Slaughter is, don't you think? Honestly, what else does he have going on when he's not performing? I mean, Wikipedia frowns on that, but if you go to another, you know, another network, they want, they don't know it's you. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, the legislator, the executive for the county that I grew up in, Monroe County in Rochester, uh, was a woman named Louise Slaughter. And I, it's a stupid thing, and it's still a stupid thing now, but I could never imagine how you could have a political career with a name like Louise Slaughter. And in <laughs> fact, her cachet has moved up. She's a rep in the house now, and she's got a lot of cachet in Western New York. Like, she's kind of a big deal. But I would just we'd get this mail from Louise Slaughter, and I would always think to myself, that's horrifying. I can't imagine voting for that. That's all I have for Slaughter Talk. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I think unless unless your name is Sergeant Slaughter, it's not a great last name. <laughs> yeah, that's That's true. a she should enlist. Yes. <laughs> that would be great. I was so distracted during this conversation because of, as you know, I'm a native Michigander, and and Luke was slaughtering the pronunciation of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Oh, nice. Excuse me. I believe it's Salt St. Marie. <laughs> yes, Salt. <laughs> um, I mean, this is the same podcast that uh, gets sponsored by Chateau San Michel every year. Yes. He was saying the saint the same way as San, I think. Yes. A little bit. It was clear he didn't quite know how to pronounce it, but that's fully forgivable. If you don't live in Michigan, there's no reason for you to know how to pronounce Sault Ste. Marie. It doesn't look like Sault Ste. Marie. I don't know that it's completely like, I don't know that it's a super common city, but like I never lived in Michigan and I I knew it was Sault Ste. Marie. I mean, maybe it's the proximity to Canada. Probably. In Frenchy names, but. It's called the Sioux if you're cool. Yeah. And we get it. And I also had to correct one point. He caught the, somebody was talking about Youpers, right? There was the email. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but uh, they said something about so the Youpers live above the bridge, and then they call Lower Peninsula people trolls because we li- live below the bridge. He called us like Flatlanders or something, oh. and I've, right. I've never heard that. Right. Now, yeah, that Youper email later in the week. <laughs> I've never been to that part of Michigan. I should really the UP. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful up there in the summer. Don't go in the winter. Right. Uh, just so long as they don't put that Kid Rock song on. <laughs> Ugh. Which I think is supposed to be about that experience. I think the I think Youpers would disown him <laughs> as a whole. He's a troll. Yeah. He doesn't speak for us. Uh, we get an email from listener Kenneth, uh, who has a friend who worked at a at the Fairmont, a fancy hotel in San Francisco, and said that they indeed used to spritz over ironing clothes regularly, uh, just endorsing Luke's um, sh- wasteful shirt showering life hack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we get 
an email from listener Elizabeth, who much like the burnt toast picture from Jim Nance, Elizabeth's mom apparently has cards with a recipe for a silver coin margarita that she gives to bartenders when she's traveling. And I really like Andrew's point here, which is that when you're traveling, you should really drink the drink of the local. Like, first of all, absolutely. If you're in a dive bar, don't bother trying to order anything complicated. Like all you're doing is, is making a bartender hate you and you're going to get a bad yeah. drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you're somewhere that has a local specialty, drink it, try it, be bro. You know, you have plenty of time to drink margaritas at home. Agreed. Yes. Uh, and don't get a mixed drink at a dive bar. Oh either. God. Andrew was I mean, this is vehement about that. I, I, if I'm at a shitty enough bar, I just want bottled beer. Cause it's, it's yes. Don't touch it. Don't pour right. it. <laughs> it's not going into a dirty glass. It's not going through dirty yeah. tap lines. Right. Uh, and I, I cringe to say this. I don't drink a lot of like Bud Light. And that's not a shot at Andrew, who I know does drink Bud Light. But if I'm going into a really crappy bar, I want the bar. I want the beer that sells the most. Yes. Because I want. I don't want something that has to be dusted off from the back of the fridge. It's been mm-hmm. skunked for a year and a half. So bring on the Bud Light or whatever their IPA is because people will drink that. Exactly. Uh, and you have a quote from the end of the show. Yes, Luke said this show is everything that is right and wrong with TVTL. Yeah, we never got a top story on Tuesday. <clears throat> they teased the death of Admiral Akbar, but it just never happened. <laughs> yeah, that's a good quote. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we go into Wednesday, 2092. That's the burrito talking uh, to pull back the curtain slightly. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm wondering if taping the Tuesday and Wednesday episodes on Tuesday is becoming a regular thing. Oh, a thing. I don't Makes sense. They didn't say that that's what happened, but it was just, I think Luke said he was in Bellingham. Wednesday's his travel day. Um, they did do that at least once a couple of weeks ago. And I've noticed the last couple of Wednesdays that nothing has been super timely. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Like I'm happy with them producing the episodes whenever they can, but um, I wonder if they like taped the first one of them went and got lunch and came back because they both open Wednesday with food stories. Luke is choking on vegan crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he's VB sixing. I don't know. Are those the nut thins maybe? I don't know what the vegan cracker would be. Well, it just has to be made with oil. You can have wheat. That's yeah. true. Vegan crackers. I mean, I guess a lot of crackers could be vegan if you did. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And then Andrew uh, ate a burrito while driving stick. No, he inhaled a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys drive stick? I can. My husband does. Yeah, I, I can, but I haven't in years. Okay, I do. I'm learning. So I do it badly. There's no, I can't even listen to music and drive that his car because I'm concentrating so hard on not stalling. It is a matter of practice. Uh, yeah. So the, the Yaris, the beloved 2010 Toyota Yaris for the man with nothing to lose is a standard <laughs> transmission because I saved like $1,500 taking the stick yeah. and uh, I can, I can do everything. I can eat. I can take a phone call. I could shave if I had to. I could be that guy. I could read the paper if I wanted to. Uh, I got a lot of practice. I just wish I hadn't bought it right before moving to New England with an hour commute in traffic each way to my office. If I had known I was going to be stuck in traffic this much, I would have never, ever bought a standard transmission car. So now you have to do all those things and pay attention. Yes. 
stop and go. I channel. haven't hit yeah. anyone yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, he really. In- <laughs> but if it, if you do, it's the Yaris. I mean, it's- yeah, exactly. It'll well, it'll just crumple, and hopefully, it'll be yeah. someone else's fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that Luke detailed this taco time order. We don't have any satellites on the show today to discuss this, so I'll, I'll explain. Taco Time has a weird definition of what a burrito versus a taco is. Uh, Their quote unquote taco is basically a small burrito. And their. And they have a weird definition of ranch. Yes. (laughs) Their ranch is actually a sour cream dipping sauce, which is amazing and should be served with everything, not just at Taco Time, but everywhere. But it's not ranch dressing. No, not at all. Right. No, okay. it's a it's a sour cream sauce that uh, doesn't even taste ranchy to me, but it's just like a cool, like a cooling sauce, a nice balance to their hot sauce. Hmm. Um, I totally understood what they were talking about with slurping the burrito. Yeah. yeah, it got it made me a little nauseated to listen to that talk, but yeah, I got it. Um, I was more nauseated by the fact that that was a natural progression into a conversation about space locks into the movies <laughs> Martian and Gravity. <laughs> I have not seen either of those movies. I haven't either. I saw The Martian. Was it good? People liked it. Yeah, it was good. I, I read the book and the book was fantastic, if a little science-y. And the movie was was really entertaining i actually took my parents to see it it's like their one movie of the year and they enjoyed it oh <laughs> space panic movies make me feel very claustrophobic um and there was a time when i would actually faint during movies like that so i have to be real careful I usually watch them at home <laughs> uh but that matt damon is a charmer i'd like to see it i'll see it eventually it, we'll we'll get it on Netflix eventually i'm probably not doing either of these movies justice watching them on a small screen at home but I don't know. Gra- <laughs> Gravity didn't look interesting to me from the first place. So. Um, on movies, Luke mentions that he saw the first 45 minutes of the movie get hard and that it was better than he thought it would be. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up because <laughs> I saw it under duress recently. Yeah, we were just talking about this, and you had the exact opposite opinion, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, uh, I will say the plot, like any movie, like I mean, you could not just write a plot where the movie is uh, Will Ferrell wants to act like a tough black guy. Like there right. would have to be some element of surprise in it, and I think that's what suckered Luke in. Which is the twist is Will Ferrell is a dopey white guy getting framed for a crime. Oh, should I do more spoiler alerts? <laughs> Will Ferrell did not commit the white collar crime that he's being accused of. He's being set up by his future sort of father-in-law and he wants to get tough for prison. The trade-off is that Kevin Hart's never actually been to prison. Will Ferrell but just he's black. So he knows black, Will Ferrell just assumed he had been to prison because he's black. Oof. And so Kevin Hart sees a paycheck and decides to take advantage of Will Ferrell's naivete. And the movie, the lessons learned are, you know, Will Ferrell actually learns some lessons about being tough and understanding at the same time and black culture. And Kevin Hart gets his comeuppance for lying, but everybody's friends in the end, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and they never actually show the prison part after all that. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of pleased to hear that it isn't as reductive as it sounded. Um, I've actually seen Kevin Hart stand up live and it's very, not very, but you know, he focuses on race a little bit. And I think I, I was really surprised that he would do a movie like that. If it was, if the joke wasn't on the white guy, I would be really surprised he would do right. it. Uh, it's not as reductive as it sounded like it was going to be. I remember, I think we were in New York when they were doing the promo for this movie coming out in the theaters. And so we were in subway stations and there were just plastered posters everywhere of Will Ferrell with cornrows. Ugh. And that's when I like Luke. Right. <laughs> right. And that's when I turned to, to Sam and I just said, that's terrible. Like, how is yes. that even a thing? Cause clearly the marketing boiled down to look at Will Ferrell trying to act like a black guy. Right. Uh, which because that's the demographic they're trying to sell the movie on. And I would say, yeah, not as productive as you would think, but still pretty terrible. It, it right. was, it had a, you know, a handful of Will Ferrell one-liners that were laugh lines and they were funny, but so much of it, I mean, the setup is just painfully bad. Uh, and I felt awful laughing at the few funny lines because the rest of the movie was so bad. Uh, Mer uh, and you make a good point that Andrew mentions he wants a movie just without any tension in it. Yeah, I think it came out of the space stories discussion. He mm -hmm. he said he just wants a nice movie that he can sit down and watch every once in a while where he doesn't have that sense of tension. And I was pondering exactly how that would work. Even kids movies have tension. Yeah. It's low stakes yeah. tension, but they all have to have something to do. What's the movie going to be about? That's why you don't make movies about regular people's dumb days right that's tbtl now <laughs> right he's in the right podcast at least there's no tension well there's some tension in the top story from wednesday uh the carryover from tuesday's show the voice of admiral akbar has died this leads to a couple of terrible mistakes the first is the guy's just googling <laughs> all the different things related to it's a trap and then playing mm. them on the show and the second is completely butchering any understanding of the Star Wars universe. Um, since I'm not a Star Wars buff, and I don't think either of you are, why don't we... Mm, nope. I'm a medium buff. Medium? Okay. I didn't sure. mean to insult you. Well, that's okay. Uh, why don't we stop now for a moment and listen back to the extremely... I, I think it's, we all knew, despite our levels of fandom being lower that this was cringeworthy. Let's take a minute now and listen back to the guys talking about Star Wars and Admiral Akbar, And then we'll come back and I don't know how much we'll be able to break it down, but we'll at least be able to talk about it. The uh, passing of Eric Bowersfeld, who was the voice of Admiral Akbar, the amphibious rebel commander who uh, was uh, in Return of the Jedi and famously yells, uh, it's a trap. Why do you think that, uh, just in case people haven't heard. I was going to say, thank you. It's a trap. I couldn't believe you if just you don't know, paraphrased now you know. that. Yeah. Where did you get Akbar. the amphibious, what exact language did you use? And did you, are you reading from that? Or is that your own description? That's no, that's a, I believe it's a Camilla. Dominowski, writing over at the uh, NPR, oh, okay. uh, describes 
the uh, describes Admiral Akbar as uh, the bulging-eyed amphibious rebel commander. Mm. I wouldn't throw that kind of thing around because if he wasn't amphibious, we'd get a raft of shit. Right. So I wouldn't like to get. I wouldn't. I would never try to guess at the you know the various qualities and abilities of like Star Wars characters because I'd right. probably be wrong and I'd probably annoy some hardcore fans. It was just very specific. I liked it. So credit to hat tip to NPR. Well, okay, so this is the thing. Uh, the uh, He's called the Mon Calamari. Who? Mon Calamari. And he's amphibious. Calamari. That's interesting. What does Mon Calamari uh, mean? Well, I don't know what Mon means, but Calamari is like, right. you know, squid. That's, that's squid. Uh, he was the Mon Calamari rebel leader, and he was physically played by puppeteer Tim Rose. Okay, so that Admiral Akbar that we all think of saying... It's a trap. That's a puppet. Am I an idiot that it never occurred to me that that was a puppet? I thought that was just like a dude in an outfit. I always thought it was a dude in an outfit as well. The Mon- I'm on Wikipedia, by the way. Oh, I, any chance you can give to Wikipedia. <laughs> that was a terrible chewy. Uh, that was one of I the think that worst was chewies. Good. No, I mean, that's no, you an aging get more, chewy. You, no, to get a good chewy, you've got to get like a little kind of like... Oh, it's a little better, you know, but still not. You're going good. the wrong way. You think? I, you, I know you're doing, trying to do the like kind of almost like tongue rolly sound that yeah, happens yeah, in the back of the throat, of... but like you're. Oh, no, it's, it's, you're getting, right. it's getting worse. worse. You're, you're moving in the wrong direction. Uh, the Mon Calamari were a human, were a humanoid aquatic species native to the planet of Mon Cala, and they shared their home planet with the Quaren. I thought you said the Mon Calamari, and it was NPR you were reading from, so I just assumed yeah. that was like some sort of. English or, or some like uh, you know maybe French word that meant something. No, no, I I I knew that that was probably a term from the I Star see. Wars verse okay. uh, or description, but uh, I just thought it was funny because you know if I ordered Calamara and they brought out Admiral Akbar, I would oh, be well, sending be... it back. Yeah, <laughs> sad on a lot of levels. Yeah. So uh, the the again the fact that Akbar is a puppet it makes perfect sense, but. It was news to me when I read this yesterday, Andrew. Yeah, no, I, I, it's news to me as you tell me that now because I only read the um, small little blurb about this in the New York Times. The the um, guy who did the voice, the fellow who's passed away, Eric Bowersfeld, also did the voice of another character, um, the character who I had his little tab open all Bib day. Bib Fortuna? Bib Fortuna. He's the one who's got like the... Big weird like snaky thing that grows off of his head, then wraps around his neck a couple oh, of times. That's the guy. Oh yeah, that that guy. Really, that was ADR. That was that was voiced by somebody else. That's what it says. Bowersfield ended up voicing the roles of both the Rebellion's Admiral Akbar and Jabba the Hutt's ghostly steward Bib Fortuna in 1983's Return of the Jedi. It would suck if you were the guy. I understand why Akbar has to have a like a, another voice because it's a right. puppet. Yeah, good point. But if you're playing Bib Fortuna, like if you get in that whole costume and you walk over and like you just I believe that Bib Fortuna's claim to fame is uh that I guess it's Luke Skywalker just like Jedi mind tricks him. Remember? Cuz Bib Fortuna's trying to stop him, Luke Skywalker and Luke Skywalker just Jedi mind tricks him and then Luke Skywalker gets to Jabba and Jabba's like you're a Jedi mind tricks won't work. Oh, okay. I'm paraphrasing here. But Bib Fortuna doesn't have a lot of lines and like the idea that uh Bib Fortuna 
the guy who was the guy who was being Bib Fortuna acting as the physical actor. Right. Yeah. He, his voice was not sufficient. They had to re-record it with someone else. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. So apparently, I'm looking online now, and his big line was "Daiwana Wonga." And what yes. I just found was a. Um, don't worry, it's only a ten minute loop of that. Apparently, let's take yeah, a I listen to the too. first. I chose not to play it because I'm better than that. <laughs> and a dollar short. <laughs> just deliver Master Luke's message and get us out of here. Goodbye. Oh no. They wanna wonder. They wanna wonder. Okay, I will. I won't. I won't loop it. But yeah, I mean, it's. A, I believe they also say that in the Spice Girls song, "If You Want to Be My Lover." Yeah, right? I think. I think so. I love the way your references are just like. So, I mean, I can barely keep up. They're so bleeding edge. I don't know. Is this going to be a movie? That was the. Burrito. You're getting really passive, digressive in the show, <laughs> right a, at the top, Walsh. <laughs> this is, um, yeah, no, that's the burrito talking. That's the burrito <laughs> and the pot of coffee I'm drinking from talking. Don't take it personally. Can that's the burrito talking be a show <laughs> that's title? The burrito talk. I think so. Anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. So Daiwana Wunga is him. So he said that. He also said it's a trap. I guess there were a couple of other things um, that Akbar says. Prepare to retreat. We have no choice. Take evasive action, and we won't last long. Which, talk about a friggin' Debbie Downer. Yeah, he's never Think about all the things Akbar's say. saying. Yeah. Akbar's saying, uh, first he's like, prepare to retreat. Like, wow, okay, you wuss. We have no choice. You know what? Your subconscious can't take a joke, Akbar. So stop, <laughs> stop poor mouthing yourself. Take evasive action. Okay, that makes sense. I'm kind of down with that. And then we won't last long. Oh, we're just back at it. Yeah. Akbar, yeah. back. Damn, Akbar, <laughs> back, back at, at it, it again the negativity. with the negative talk. <laughs> so why why has It's a Trap launched a thousand memes, including It's a Frap, oh. which was pretty, I got to say, the first time I saw that, you know, written at a coffee shop, decent spoof. I like that. Um, there are, you know, tons and tons of uh, of of different examples, like, you know, memes, uh, memes like uh, It's an Elaborate Ruse. You get Akbar, he's wearing a monocle and a mustache and a top hat. Oh, one of those where, yeah, they have an old-timey person. He's being, yeah. he's being a real, uh, you know, formal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one where he's talking, and there's a picture of Christopher Plummer from uh, The Sound of Music. There were the Von Trapps, and it says, it's a trap. It's no. spelled with two mm-hmm. Ps, like Von Trapp. Yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, there's one where some people are in the snow, and they're holding a tarp, and he's saying, it's a tarp. <laughs> Kind of that one kind of got me. Move the R. That one got you. Just oh, that's how they did that. You know what they yeah. did? They moved the R. Right. Did you know that there's a uh, <laughs> Star Wars "It's a Trap" remix? No, but I'll bet you you're going to play it. Uh, I was going sure. to, but yeah, you're beneath that. <laughs> I'm worse. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Admiral Akbar. Uh, this is going to suck. <laughs> it says techno remix. <laughs> Two hundred sixty-two thousand views. By the way, Damn. I wanted it to be that trap music. Verified, too. Oh, of on course. Twitter. Are you kidding me? I assume butchering Star Wars talk was just an early wedding present for Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I hope Jen doesn't listen to this.
before we started the show, we had a conversation about the fixation over Mon Calamari. Yes, and and how Luke was reading the description of Admiral Akbar as a Mon Calamari, and Andrew was going, Mon Calamari. Hmm, like he was trying to puzzle out the etymology of the words. Yeah. <laughs> I like that if you Google calamari, the Wikipedia article that comes up is actually squid as food. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> to differentiate, I guess, from squid that isn't food. But if you Google uh, beef, the Wikipedia article is just called beef. It's not called cow as food. Cow as food. Mm. I have no idea why, but I just did that on the fly. Um, Andrew talks about nerd culture and how it was harder to be a nerd in the olden days, but now there's there's almost a cachet to being a nerd. Everybody's a nerd. It's you want to you want to nerd out loud, if you will. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Hardwick. That's a good point. You know, yeah. in the early days of Nerd Out Loud, Jeremy thought that he could um, punch up a little rivalry with the Nerdist about Whoa. podcasts with nerd in the name. <laughs> and he <laughs> really? knew he was, he knew he was uh, slingshotting at a giant. And he wanted to be like, he did never expect that the Nerdist would respond. Yeah. But he thought that that would kind of put them in league with the Nerdist a little bit. and. You can see where it's gotten them, which is nowhere. <laughs> but right. I love Nerd Out Loud, but it's not the Nerdist. Bobby said it, not me. <laughs> I, I said it from a place of love as a regular Nerd Out Loud listener. Um, yes, I, I think the short story is don't talk about things you don't know about in that universe. Mm-hmm. And jokes about Star Trek in the middle of them are not funny. <laughs> Maybe the first time. <laughs> Uh, a story about the Amazon Echo and whether or not it's okay for conservative uh, Orthodox Jews to use it got bumped, which is too bad. I thought that would have been interesting. We get an email from listener Emily with a ghost story saying that her kid uh, waved at the doors of a funeral home where nobody was coming out. This is kind of scary. Spooky. But kids are weird and. Well, like I said earlier, they're bundles of emotion. They don't know what the hell's going on. Or the kid's super smart and just fucking with her. Right. (laughs) Uh, And then we get listener Vale, who shares a creepy story of, I guess, was it waking up and seeing her husband's friend in the doorway? Yes. In the doorway. At, At the moment of his death. Right. That is spooky. That yeah, that was like creepy. Drunk talk to me, but this is the same veil, by the way. Is I think this is the same veil who wrote in with the acapella slaughter talk earlier in the week, or did I miscross my wires? I think it was Kelly. Oh, who... right, right. Uh, we had somebody get mentioned twice in one week, and so I just got them all mixed up. Mm. Uh. We find out that Andrew's filling in on the old seven to ten slot, and I loved the throwaway line: "Seattle's news, Seattle's Walsh." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great tagline for the Andrew Walsh yeah, show. Huh? <laughs> I have a feeling we'll never see uh, that again, no. though. <laughs> Although, 
Uh, he's been welcomed back with open arms. He sh- seems to show up on Cairo all the time now. As a sidekick. As, as a whatever, as a competent. And he chair loves worker. that. Yeah, yeah. On a Thursday, 2093, Yabba Dabba Don't. It's a late edition, thanks to flight delays. <laughs> um, the show resets so that Andrew can tell, tell his walking to work joke from the bedroom to the office or whatever. Uh, and the big news of the... Yeah, yeah. The big news is that Theo is back. Yay. Uh, Andrew tells us that he was sadder than he was letting on on the show all week. Uh, but we all knew that. For all the talk about mortality and this is maybe the best way to go, he was pretty shaken up and you could really hear it. Yeah. 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 Um, My one-liner of the week, actually, Luke got off a lot of great lines this week, but it was Andrew uh, who said, uh, I want to get a cat-in-law apartment. It's just like right above a litter box. (laughs) That's where you want to put your (laughs) in-laws. Uh, and it was right after that that he would suck it up and pick a chubby completely out of context. Oh boy. Boy, oh boy. That was a little rough. <laughs> yep. Um, at the time Theo was discovered, uh, Genevieve was taking a fancy, uh, what, night camera or something that she had ordered off Amazon. And she was going. A motion detecting right. camera in case Theo comes And she back. was going to set it up when she spotted Theo. So if anyone's interested in a in a new inbox motion sensor camera talk to Andrew because it sounds like they might have you just have to outbid Luke who's trying to lowball him Uh, we get more extended cat talk um, and we're glad to be back Uh, and you made a note about the relationship in the house yes now Professor Bananas hates Theo what could have happened you know I've gone through this too um, and I think it'll settle down because I had uh, recently uh, our orange cat's the youngest and he had to get fixed. And so he stays at the vet for a little bit and he comes back and he smells totally different to the other cats and they all hissed at him. They were all buddies. And then they, they all three other cats hissed at him for like two, three hours when he came back and he had to kind of hide from them. But now they're buddies again. So I bet Theo just has the stink of adventure on him and bananas doesn't like it. Well, this is kind of like a like a lost son, prodigal son situation, right? Like Theo came back and is being celebrated for being back. And Professor right. Bananas did, I guess, relatively the right thing and is getting nothing for it in this moment. Right. I'd like to know who was the instigator of the escape in the first place. Yeah. Because if it was Theo and he convin- convinced Professor Bananas to go. Well, then maybe that's why she's pissed at him because it didn't work out very well for her. Yeah, she just got stuck it's under like a, a shed for... It's like a, a chain game. gang prison break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very glad that they're both back. Um, another feature this week, it actually started earlier in the week, but uh, I want to mention Thursdays. The guys have moved on to thanking their dazzling donors. These are the people who donated at the top level. Pretty sure that title, actually, this is the first day for it. They sort of came up with it on the fly. And a dazzling donor, Debbie, wants Luke to sell her mom on the prospects of living in Bellingham. <laughs> uh I wonder how that went because this was quite a while ago. I wonder if that situation has resolved itself. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe she wrote her her question more recently 
I know some people got the email asking for what they wanted to do with their blurb way back when, like I got mine in November. So um, I had to renew a domain name between then and now to make sure that mine was still relevant. <laughs> Uh, but he did a good job. So I like I would move to Bellingham. I went to Bellingham recently while I was out there and Carrie suggested we go to Sandwich Odyssey, which was really good. <laughs> random little stop. And Christie's favorite pizzas in Bellingham. It's got some selling points. Yeah. Sounds nice. It's, it's adorable. Uh, artichoke talk. I I didn't really know there was any other way to eat artichokes except steamed and then dipped in a gallon of butter. Yeah, same. I don't think I've ever had an artichoke outside of a dip. Oh, it is good. As in, they make a great vessel for butter delivery. You puck <laughs> yeah. a, pletal, a petal or whatever off it, and you dip it in, and it's got the tiniest little bit of, I guess, artichoke meat on it. You scrape mm-hmm. it off with your teeth, and it's like eating crab legs. Uh, a lot of work right, for a little payoff. Right, but that payoff is butter. Right. If somebody else steams the artichoke, I'm happy to eat one. That's why we still yeah. eat them. Uh, top story from Thursday. Nine-year-old reporter Hildy gets the scoop on a murder story. This is the daughter of a journalist who has her own Drudgian news page where she writes articles. Um, somebody on the Stens page, and I don't remember who, but they deserve credit for this, noted that Hildy is the name of the female protagonist from the classic hard-boiled uh, journalism screwball movie his girl friday which is a great movie if you have a lot of patience to sit and watch um <laughs> there's clearly no mistake there she is definitely named after that character there's no other reason you would name someone hildy in 2016 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we can skip ahead to the friday exposition of this story i guess on thursday the guys thought she got a tip off from a cop or like you know, had a, an inside lead, but really what she did is apparently followed the cop and announced the names of the victims before they were notified, which would be like a real rookie journalism mistake, which makes sense for a nine-year-old mm-hmm. to me. Um, where do you guys land on whether or not she should be out chasing down these leads? Well, she's think- not by herself, is she? I mean, somebody had to is this a small enough town that she can just walk after the cop or is dad driving? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, nine years old is what? Third or fourth grade. So she's got a huffy maybe. Yeah. That's what I was envisioning is her riding around on a bike. Hmm. And the email we got about it, right. Made it sound like it was a very small community. Right. Cause on Friday we get an email from someone who lives near Hildy. And uh, wanted to remain anonymous as to not be blown in <clears throat> at the weekly town meetings or whatever. Um, I was, I'm sure this is no surprise, a precocious young journalist. Um, I did not crack any murder stories open before my teenage years or in my teenage years or ever. Um, but uh, as a high school newspaper reporter and editor, I did have a stare down with the cops of my hometown, Western New York, over a police report that they didn't want to give me over an incident between a student and a staff member at the high school, a sexual relationship. Yeah. Um, It was a statutory story uh, because basically a high school junior slept with a 
recently graduated guy who came back to work the AV department because those are usually the creepy guys. Mm-hmm. No offense yep. to AV workers. I'm sure you're the normal ones. If you're listening to this show, you're probably not too weird. Um, and uh, then she changed her mind on whether or not it was consensual after the fact, apparently. Um, I don't know. I don't remember the details, uh, but I I yelled and yelled and yelled until they gave me the police report. And they gave me one so heavily redacted that it wasn't useful for anything. <laughs> uh, freedom of information. High school journalists. I don't know. I, I think she's clearly got something ahead of her and is very smart. And I'm not surprised that her father, who wrote for a tabloid, kind of let her run with it more than a real journalist right. yes, might. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like she has some good instincts, but she needs to go get a journalism right. degree. Uh, more Brownstone talk. <laughs> Coming back for the second oh, time dear. this week. One of the guys confuses the Brownstones uh, for the projects. That was Andrew. Andrew said, yeah. <laughs> Them's big city talking words, I guess. So, yep. believe me, we could never afford to live in Brownstones anywhere in New York. No. Uh, where are we now? Let's see. Brownstones. Oh, I did like that she cracked open the story on how terrible Piano Palooza was. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. I really like the rest of her story ideas. Other than this murder, it sounds delightful. Yeah, I missed the URL for her website. I bet now if you just Google Hildy journalist, it'll probably come up pretty high. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's got a lot ahead of her. Uh, the rest of the show kind of falls apart a little bit. Luke has a mole problem and wants to kill all the gophers. Uh, it sounds like to some that on listener Willa's voicemail jingle, Willa's a young girl, daughter of a 10. Um, she's about to say the F word. I don't know that I hear it that way, but I'm tickled by the thought of it. I didn't either, but I also knew what was coming because we've heard the number so many times. Uh, we get a voicemail. We talked about this earlier from the from the Upper Peninsula from Kelly about Sue St. Maria. And that's Kelly's second mention of the week. Yes. That's yes. the one. Uh, talk about Merle Haggard dying and whether or not to play one of his songs or a Kanye West song. And I am so glad they went with Merle Haggard. Yeah. I love Kanye, <laughs> but we can play Kanye anytime. Yeah. Uh, Luke gets romantic about AM radios and Andrew wants a charcoal grill and says he wants a Weber, but doesn't mention that he'd want an Andy man. Come on. Who doesn't want an Andy man grill. If they brought those back right now as a TVTL swag gift, they would make yes. so much money. Oh man. Yes. A Weber is a good, a decent charcoal grill. I mean, you know, those simple ones, you can do a nice steak sure, on one of those. But it's no Andy man, but it's no Andy man. Uh, and Luke loves Roger Miller. He sure does. The only place I ever knew of Roger Miller was in Disney's Robin Hood when he played the uh, Alan Adele character. I thought he was great, but that Chug-a-Lug song. <laughs> uh, I've had enough of that for one lifetime. Uh, About childhood alcoholism. <laughs> Friday, 2094, boring two birds with one stone. This is a real Friday episode. Yep. <laughs> we cold open with voicemails, and then we have a conversation about Luke the Chainsaw Burbank. 
his neighbor has a chainsaw and had a truck and was ready to cut down some ornamental evergreens. So they went out there. I like that Luke said they are two deer Cinnabon trees. <laughs> I'm so happy he resisted the temptation to say that he knew how to use a chainsaw. <clears throat> yeah. Oof. It's not an easy thing. There would be no TBTL. <laughs> we get a best of because Luke's in the hospital. Right. Uh, more one-liners. Uh, talking about an Ikea household when you're in your 20s and then transition into your 30s, a full Ikea house is a schnurbder. <laughs> I don't know if I spelled that right. S-C-H-N-U-R-B-D-E-R. I think you can spell it any way you want to. <laughs> you need more umlauts, but otherwise I was going to say, good. I don't know what to put them over, but I'll come up with something. Uh, and Angie's talking about how terrible the apartment maintenance is at his place. We knew this going in. He had mentioned when they first looked at it that the landlady clearly hadn't been there in a long time and the shoddy work was pretty clear. Uh, I don't mind putting a little elbow grease in on a rental if it's going to make me happy. I don't know that I'd renovate a whole mm -hmm. kitchen, but no. uh, I'm willing to paint. And I'm also, if I'm going to be somewhere a couple of years, I'm also willing to eat the security deposit. So uh, if there's going to be a real problem with the walls being a decent color instead of white, I'm just going to pay that bill and and expect to never get my money back. Mm -hmm. Do you think they'll move when their lease is up? I don't know. They're loving on the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, Seattle being what it is, unless they want to get some Amazon money and buy a condo somewhere. I don't know if they're going to be able to move anywhere they want to live. Right. Uh, Andrew's being neighborly. He had pie. With a listener's uncle. <laughs> wow. May or may not be a beekeeper. I know. This is impressive. Yeah. This is a big step for Andrew. If he had a therapist, they'd be proud of him. <laughs> they announced that uh, on June 11th, they're going to be doing a special live TBTL for Anne. Works for me. <laughs> they're going back to the Twin Cities. I think I called it. I was sure it was going to be in there. And then, then when we heard about Cleveland, I was a little right. surprised. And there were some bubbling, rumory murmurs about Cleveland. And yeah. uh, there was some debate. But the Twin Cities won out thanks to their strong showing for the Livewire Week. So, Anne, way to rally the troops. Thanks. <laughs> I'm volunteering here now. If anybody wants to come to town, I'll pick you up at the airport. I We'll Whoa. keep that in mind. Sam still has not registered for the half marathon she wanted to run that weekend. So maybe instead I can convince you to go to Minneapolis yeah. or St. Paul. We don't know which twin city it's going to be in yet. They're working on it. Uh, true. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, the dazzling donor for Friday, and this is adorable, was Christy Wise. Yes. Such a good ad. Yeah. Um, she told me a while ago she had hoped to record something like an LRB commercial for them to air as her spot. But I'm so glad that didn't work out because it couldn't have been any better for us or for her or to celebrate her and Jeremy than, than these guys just Luke really gushing about Christy mm -hmm. and yeah. LRB and the archive project. Um, and only one and error that I... I wish he hadn't made, but it definitely made it clear he does not listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my favorite when he said Christy is one third of the LRB podcast. And then I tried to figure out how that math worked. 
Well, I'm sure it was at the time. Right? Well, I suppose so. Whenever she wrote in. Well, I don't think that was based on when she wrote in. I think that was based on Luke going off the cuff and. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah, there's always been more than three people involved, haven't there? Yeah, one way or another. And uh, also, I mean, I just assumed that he's talking about the four co-hosts, but that because Mike doesn't have any rights as a felon. <laughs> <laughs> Christy is one third of the voting members of the Little Red Bandwagon podcast. So that's there you true. go. That's true. Okay. Uh, so thank you. I know you're not listening, Luke, but thank you guys for the very kind words. And uh, good. And yeah, Friday too. was Christy and Jeremy's wedding day. And so apparently they did hear it, though. Uh, we were talking to them over the weekend and they did hear the spot and they got all worked up and emotional about it. So good. Aww. Good. Uh, top story uh, yesterday was walk to work day, as we know from Andrew's joke on Thursday's show. Um, this is all just an entree to a clickbaity article about annoying walkers. 78 slides about how to not be a douchebag. <laughs> how to get the most clicks on your dumb story. Uh, any revelations here, guys? Stay to the right. Don't be distracted. Maybe or maybe don't read a book. No, this is just how to behave in yes. public. Huh? 101. Yes. The one thing that they didn't talk about, and I don't know if it was um, covered on one of the other 68 slides that they didn't talk about, was my personal pet peeve with the escalators is people who go up and then get off and stop right at the top. <laughs> yeah. The mall, they get off the escalator and they say, hmm, where should we go? And I'm like, I'm coming up and I can't stop. So if you could move right. two feet either way, that'd be great. People do that on moving walkways at the airport, too. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. always really funny. Uh, except then they're also juggling luggage, so something's bound to break. Uh, Andrew admits that he's guilty of crop dusting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need now, to hear about that. I like that it transitions in Luke's brain to mentioning that he's been on 45 flights so far this year. <laughs> uh, and that leads to a serious conversation about the quiet car. Uh, not specifically just the quiet car on Amtrak. They mentioned Lizzie O'Leary from Marketplace, but also people who are unnecessarily loud in the Alaska boardroom lounge. And just in general, anytime there's a quiet room and then it gets ruined by one or two people. Uh, I'm not a train mm -hmm. commuter anymore, but I used to be. And people in the quiet car will crucify you if you take a phone call yeah. or blare music out of your headphones too loud so they can hear it. You've never seen 30 people who've never met before jump up and shush at the same time. <laughs> Unless you're in the quiet car. And what happens is it's unfortunate, but some idiot gets on the train who's not a regular, does not notice the 30 signs when they come into the quiet car oh. and then gets yelled at. And they don't notice that every other single person on that train is not They're the talking. same person who was aloof enough to not notice the signs. <sighs> Uh, so, yeah, for the love of God, please shut the hell up on the quiet car. Once in a while, I still take the Amtrak to New York, and that's my only solace. <laughs> People on trains are terrible. Um, mm. I'm going to say something super classist. Uh, we've been working on hiring a musician to come up from New York for a concert. And he said, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about my travel costs. I'll just take the bus. It's like $15. And that's because uh, like Megabus and these other big, you know, newer bus companies 
are, there are so many of them between Boston and New York that it's, it is easy to get a super cheap bus ticket. But every time I've taken one of those buses, it's full of people who are cool with paying $15 for a bus ticket. And so it's like being on a bus with everybody who's in line at airport security. Like it's people with their pajamas on. It's worse than that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Cause those people are willing to pay for a plane ticket. (laughs) So it's my turn to say something. (laughs) It's a lack of bathing. It's a real uh, loud conversations. Definitely some drinking going on for some people. Smells, sounds, experience. I I almost want to pay this musician's train tickets just as a dignity thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, bus. I wish you worked because I, I want that to be a good thing. Like I love yes. the idea of a $15 bus ticket to New York, but <sighs> the world is a terrible place. It's always going to be a $15 yeah. bus ticket. Getting, uh, we talked about the email from the anonymous listener who lives a couple of blocks from Hildy. Uh, and then we have our music for your weekend in honor of the Twin Cities. Luke picks a song from the Hold Steady, the Swish, and then stops down to ask Carrie why she doesn't like the Hold Steady. <laughs> and she replied everything. <laughs> Was it the music it gets, or the lyrics? Yes, it gets a reference that uh, previous people Luke has dated have also not liked the hold steady. And that was Vanessa. And I archived the episode where they talked about it. <laughs> and oh, yes, it was, of course you did. yes, it was episode 535 on April 12th, 2010. And she compared the hold steady to smash mouth. And Luke yeah. was, I hate this word. <laughs> Luke was so butthurt that he spent <laughs> half of the next episode talking about why they were awesome. It was really See, pretty good. Archive project at work, people. This is what we did. That's it right. Uh, funny. Not much longer after that is when Van fell off the radar. Mm. Yeah, mm, interesting. Uh, Andrew brings us a song from the '90s, Tuscadero's "Dime a Dozen," which is catchy in that goofy satirical '90s band sort of mm-hmm. way. And Jake in Chicago brings us. Uh, the Sexy Fights song, Bending Light, which I thought was a jam. And once again, the yeah. listener always comes through with the best music for your weekend. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, and with that, uh, did I miss anything this week, ladies? I don't think so. All right. Your housekeeping. I'll just do a quick pitch for Nerd Out Loud. Uh, Christy being busy, being a bride, perfectly reasonable. The latest episode of Nerd Out Loud features Jeremy Holmes and pinch hitting for Christy, Jeremy Henson from the Eureka podcast. Uh, they had a delightful conversation that I listened to yesterday. And uh, if you want to hear two Jeremy's, Jeremy's going down a little bit and and uh, both being emotional and in their heads, Nerd Out Loud's a good place to do it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, and with that, and this is your week to shine. Tell us how to get involved. All right, get involved at littleredbandwagon.com. You can find us on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. Uh, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Personal Twitters uh, at Kissy Eyes, K I S S I E Y E S, at Meredith underscore Mayhan, at Drew McFrizz, at RL Pape, at Dad's Turnout. I'm not on Twitter because one social media platform is enough for me, but you can certainly friend me on Facebook and Lundholm. You can email at us at uh, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. 
or send us a voicemail. Keep some new voicemails coming in at uh, 802-432-8285. That's 802-432-TBTL. Wow, I told you to hold for a jingle and instead you just sang one. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I do it, Bobby. And with that, uh, me, get us out of here. Because we drew straws, and this is how I ended up for this week. So, uh, (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) where's the mics? Uh, Until next time, this is the next party. Never wait for cake. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it. Nice walking. Yeah, right. You really put the toddle in toddler. <laughs> <laughs>